Morning, church. Should try that again. Morning, church. Hey, excellent. Good stuff. Welcome to church and uh, thanks for being here. Um, we're going to start off, um, well, the first uh, week of December um, looking at the promises that God gives us this Christmas time. And um, I'm going to start off with the promise of peace. Okay. All right. Let's see how we go, eh? <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I have to say this because I, I find this really funny and it's also very honest um, that when uh, Pastor Mark asked me to, to preach this, I was sat in my office um, and it's quite a stressful environment at the moment because uh, we're dealing with Brexit. Um, <laughs> I'm a civil servant <laughs> and uh, I think in all the various departments that I've worked in, um, as I rotate around, it's, uh, it's quite a challenge and it's always something that comes up. But right now, I think we're, we're right in the crux of it. And he said, oh, would you mind uh, preaching about peace? And I, I was like, peace? <laughs> I was like, really? At this point in time? Nah. So I read the email and I, I just I parked it. I was like, oh, I can't be dealing with peace right now. I don't have any peace. Um, but then the next day, uh, I woke up and, you know, I felt a real sense of... Um, that's me very, very honest, by the way. <laughs> I felt a sense saying, you know, I think it would be really good for you to preach about peace because, you know, it's a different kind of peace. It's not the same kind of peace that maybe the world thinks about. So how about this? Let's look at this this, this way. What does the world say about peace? You know, the, the world sometimes says peace is like tranquility, it's calmness. For example, we could be thinking about peace you're walking through the Abri Mountains in the Abri Botanical Gardens that's about to come up here. Um, it's, it's great, by the way. If you haven't been to Abri, which is in Ghana, uh, you should think about it. <laughs> it's a lovely, lovely place. Um, you know, and I went with my family uh, in, at the end of October um, as we went to remember um, my dad. And uh, this was probably one of the highlights to our trips for all of us. Yeah, yeah that could be peace. Or maybe your version of peace is the beach. This is the beach in Kenya, for example. Mm, I know, right? I'm showing a different side. <laughs> um, it could be a beach in Kenya. Uh, I don't know which one it is. Sorry, I should have figured that out. Um, but white beach, white beach sands, um, clear waters, uh, blue skies. Yeah, that's peaceful, right? Or it is lush. <laughs> or maybe your version of peace is like going out to check out the northern lights in Iceland. I'd really like to do this, by the way. So uh, maybe I should put that on my top list for, uh, for my husband when, when he comes. <laughs> I'd quite like to go there. Can we go there? Um, yeah, that's quite peaceful. But what happens um, when that moment of peace goes? Because truthfully, they are moments of escape, really, aren't they? They're not really constant, you know, because life is like this, isn't it? A bit like how, you know, when you're in the hospital and you're on a machine and you can just see your, you know, it's just beeping, isn't it? The machine's just doing this because it shows that you're alive. And if when you look at that machine, it's going up and down, showing that you're alive, it should also say that there are going to be highs and lows in life. But if the line is just constant, then you're not alive. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's truth. I think sometimes we, 
you know, we miss the small things and there's beauty in that up and down. So, for example, there's a picture here of a 70-year-old man. At this point, he was 70. He's probably a little bit older now. Um, a 70-year-old man in Aleppo, Syria. And he sat in his room. You could tell it was once upon a time a pretty plush room, huh? Um, with his uh, record player open. He's got a pipe in his mouth. And there's destruction all around him. But he's still. How many of us think that we can handle that type of a situation and still have peace? You know? That's a different type of peace. And that's the type of peace that we're going to talk about today. Um, it's the peace of God um, that goes beyond all understanding. It goes beyond the tranquil and the quiet moments that we consider to be peace. But the real peace of God is the peace that he gives us on the inside. Um, on my flight back, so all of us, my family, we all flew back at different dates, different times, everyone was doing something different. And um, I had a moment where, uh, normally I'm fine with turbulence, you know, I'm, you know I can fly. And I had once upon a time, bad flight to Cape Town, I just sat with, with a newspaper. Oh, yeah, it's fine, it's, right, it's turbulence, it's all right. Um, but this trip back, I don't know why, but for some reason, I think it was probably because I was awakened from my sleep. And uh, I just woke up and I was just a sense of fear just came into me. Um, and then all of a sudden, it was like something dropped in my spirit, and they said, God, I'm not finished with you yet. Where are you going? I'm like, oh, okay, that's the peace of God. Oh, good. You know, and sometimes you just need that, you know, you just need to listen, open your ears and listen to, to God, because even in that kind of a moment, um, you can still find his peace in the midst of that storm. You know, so whatever storm it is that you're going through, um, God's there. God is there. And I'm not just saying that because it's a nice thing to say. I'm saying it because I've actually, I think all of us have been there um, at some point in our lives. We may not tell the story, but we're all going through stuff. I'm going to give an example of a storm and Jesus and his disciples. And we're going to look at Matthew verse 8, uh, 23. That's where we're going to start. Okay. So just to set the scene, uh, the disciples have been with Jesus. They have been going through town, healing people, you know, just hanging out together, really, doing life. And um, Jesus says to them, let's get on this boat. And let's cross over to the other side. And they're like, yeah, all right then. So it says in verse 23, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being covered by the waves, but Jesus was sleeping. Let me just go back to that one. And suddenly, a violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being covered by the waves, but Jesus was sleeping. Gee whiz. <laughs> and the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to die. Well, at least they thought they were going to die, but Jesus didn't. Because then he said, he said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? 
Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was at once a great and wonderful calm, a perfect peacefulness at once. Just like that. So what's interesting about this point um, is that, as I was saying before, they'd been with Jesus for a while, across the weeks and the days. And um, he had been approached, this is Jesus, by a centenarian man who has his um, stave boy, who's really fond of, you know, over back at home, really, really sick, you know, pretty much on his deathbed. And with his faith, he approached Jesus and said, you know, just speak the word. Just speak the word and I know he'll be healed. And he spoke the word and he was healed. And then in verse 15, we're told Jesus went to Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law's house, excuse me, and the mother-in-law, he just spoke into her, and that's it, the sickness was gone, and she started waiting upon him, cooking all sorts of things. And then in verse 16, we're told that he was out in the crowds, and he healed many people who were demon-possessed and full of all sorts of spirits. They'd followed Jesus that done all these various miracles. But then at this point, they're still asking, as the next verse will show us in verse 27, it says, what kind of a man is this, that even the winds and the seas will obey him? That's the kind of God that we have. That's the kind of God that fills us with his peace. The peace that even us as human beings don't really fully understand, maybe yet. You know, maybe we ought to take a little bit of time to think about that kind of a peace. So let's think about what kind of things can take away our peace. Very quickly, um, two things, I think. Um, first thing is sin. You know, I think sometimes um, we like to not talk about it as much, but truthfully, we need to be aware of, you know, the kind of things that are going on in our, in our lives that aren't really in accordance with the will of God or his ways or the fruits of the Spirit. In Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is right, whatever is confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure, whatever is wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them. That's an instruction. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. Yeah? So it means that we have to take responsibility for that action. These are the kind of things. So if we're doing things that counteract what we've just read up there, then maybe it's not in line with the word of God, and we need to check ourselves, you know? Okay. The second robber of peace is taking our eyes off God. Um, we're all, I mean, I'm guilty of this. I shouldn't say we all, I can't speak to for everybody else. I'm very much guilty of this. I'm like, oh, this isn't going well. And, oh, it's because I've taken my eyes off God. You know, um, sometimes you just need a moment to step back, pause, and then think about it. And then focus and center your eyes and your heart on God. And then he gives you all that you need. Huh? Remember that. 
He's not a genie. This, this thing has come to me all week, and maybe it's because I, I need to be saying it, because maybe the Holy Spirit is saying you should say it. God is not a genie. He is God. There's a difference, you know? Don't confuse what the world says or what everybody else thinks God should be. You know who God is because of what the Bible tells you who God is. That's the God that we serve. So keep your eyes on God because he is far more than our minds could ever imagine. And on that basis, just remember that even as great as your mind think he is, he's even better than that. And on that basis, know that when he gives you his peace, that's all you need. In Philippians 4 verse 7, it says, In the peace of God, the peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds, in Jesus is yours. That's the peace that's yours. Philippians 4 verse 7. Uh, I've got scriptures on uh, my wall at home in Milton Keynes, um, written all over it. And I think I'm going to change what's on the board this week. It's going to be all like these. <laughs> Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you, in both inclination and character. In both inclination and character. I quite like the Amplified Version because it always uh, it adds emphasis. It's not just about what God gives us, it's also what we're doing in order to, you know? So we need to think about our character as well. Because he trusts and takes refuge in you and with hope and in confident expectation. Pretty powerful verse, that one. The next robber of peace is comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. You know, when everyone is saying to you, hey, why are you not married? <laughs> I really dislike that one. Sorry, I had to say it because it's the worst thing. And I, Or they say, hey, why have you not bought your house? Hey, why have you not done this? And I'm like, oh, gee. God's plans and purposes for me are far more than anything anybody can imagine. And it's far more than the things or the stuff. You know, we need to think about being more drawn towards, have I done what God has called me to do today? Have I made a difference in the world today? Everything else he will add later. Or in his time, huh? You know, because, oh man, gee. <sighs> so I really had to get off my chest. It's not personal, huh? It's just, it's all coming out today. It's all coming out. You know, the word of God says in Philippians 4 verse 6, don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance, every situation, by prayer, by petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. There's an action there for us again, okay? Continue, prayer, petition, prayer, petition, huh? Josh actually said it earlier, we're going to continue to pray. Continue to pray until you see the miracle. Ain't nothing wrong with continue to pray. Continue till you see it. You know, if God has made a promise for you 10 years ago, don't expect that, oh, it hasn't happened 10 years ago, so I'm just going to chill. No, continue because his promises are real. And sometimes he needs to put the pressure on you so that you grow. You need the pressure to grow. You're not going to build muscle or get that six-pack. No, I've not got no six-pack because I don't do sit-ups. As an example, it's true. Look, it's true. It's true. Uh, for me, it's true. No, I'm not talking about anyone else. For me, it's true. 
I can't expect my abs if I'm not going to work on the abs, you know? And therefore, if God has called you to something, you're not going to get it un unless you're being pushed through that fire. Because that's what's refining you. Huh? That's what's refining you. But in that, remember the promise of peace. The promise of peace never left you. The promise of peace was always there. Okay. That's how to keep your peace. I'm going to run really quickly because I've run out of time. Huh? Okay, first thing, pursue God and pursue peace. Huh? Pursue God and pursue peace. Like I said, God is not a genie. You must pursue him. Your hearts must be after him. You know? And pursue peace too. If people are contentious and they're toxic, move away from that. It's okay. You know? Guard your peace. The word of God says guard your heart. Because out of it flows the things of life. Guard your heart, guard your peace, you know? Pursue peace and pursue God. Open the word, read the word. What does it say about peace? What does it say about who God is to me? That way you can keep your eyes on him. That way, even if you're in the middle of a storm, whatever your storm is, everybody has their storm, you will still know the peace of God. Not the peace that the world says is, the peace that God can only give. In Psalm 34, verse 4, it says, I sought the Lord, and on the authority of his word, the authority of his word, he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Ask him, seek him, you shall find. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you, and even show you great and mighty things, things that would have been confined and hidden, which you do not know or understand and cannot distinguish. That's the kind of God that we serve. The second thing is to keep your eyes on God. You have to be intentional about it. Yeah? Keep your eyes on God. The moment things start to fall, remember who you belong to. Remember who created you. Remember who is walking next to you. You know, footprints in the sand. Remember that. Remember who is with you. It's God. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured that I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteousness. Oh, righteousness, right hand, and a hand of justice, of power, of victory, and of salvation. That's an incredible promise from God right there. The word of God says in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my perfect peace that I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. That's a great one to inscribe on your heart or to read in the morning as you leave for work, or as you're home dealing with the kids running around, or, you know, whatever it is you're doing. Oh, this is a hard preach. <laughs> I think uh, the key nuggets that I took out from this um, was that the gift of Christ is the beginning of peace beyond human understanding. You know, um, and Christ for us is the is Christmas is all about Christ. That's what it should be, huh? It's about Christ, and the gift of Him coming down onto this earth in a human form 
is the beginning of peace beyond our understanding. Because he came and lived amongst us and with us. I think the final thing, and my time's run out, is that uh, God promises peace, not the absence of pressure. Uh, if we if we don't remember anything else, please do remember that. You know, um, God promises peace, not the absence of pressure. In John sixteen verse thirty three, it says, "I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy." I have overcome the world. My conquest is established, accomplished, sorry, and my victory abiding. That's the God that we serve. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 says, we are pressured in every way, hedged in, but not crushed. We find things perplexing, we're perplexed, unsure of finding a way out, but not driven to despair. When you're having your moment of despair, a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a rough season... Hmm? God's got your back. He promises you peace, the kind of peace that is beyond our human understanding. Yeah? So when you're looking for peace, don't just look for a time when I can go off onto the beach. Think about it in such a way where even in a state where you're like the 70-year-old man in Aleppo, sitting on your bed with destruction and loss and grief, Everything that you have ever worked for, all around you, destroyed. Hmm? May God give you peace, only his peace, only the way that he knows how, in your version of this. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.